Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today, I want to focus in on the gift of God's family. Take a look around. That's your family. We will go into heaven together. We are family. And what's beautiful about the church is you look around, and it's really the only place where you see every tribe, every tongue, every, right? Come on, every color, loving one another, caring for one another, every generation. And God has a family, and it's called the church. And, and, it's, and when you start meeting your family, you can see that God is absolutely real, especially when we start telling each other our testimonies, where we came from, how God brought us to the church. You know it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to you before you come to Christ. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you need to get back to church, or you need to go to church. Then it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to you and says, you need to invite your cousin to church. You need to invite your dad to church. You need to invite the person that you work with. The Holy Spirit is actively trying to bring us back to the family of God. God has a family. The family is the church. Sad when you look at the state of natural families, it's the families are being destroyed. The devil hates everything that God is for. God is for family. The devil hates family. And when you look at its statistics, like in 1960, after World War II, there was a real baby boom. Everyone's excited that the war is over, right? And when people get excited, you know what happens. And so they have kids. But it's interesting that 73% of all children at that time were being raised in a two-parent household and a first marriage. And in 1980... It went from 73% to 61%. And now it's less than 46% that people are in a kind of a biblically-based marriage. The enemy is against us. He's against you. He's against our marriages. He's against our kids. What's so good about the church is the church brings restoration into our lives. God forgives us of our past because we're all broken. We're all sinners. We all come in under these statistics. We all come in after being abused by the enemy. And many times it's because of what the devil has done to us that we say there has to be a better way. There has to be a, a place where I can be healed, I can be fixed. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, I have a family for you. I have a church for you. And God brings his church family. Amen? It's interesting, too, is reading there's a, a new government report that says that United States women are not having enough babies to, to repopulate the U.S. population. Exactly. And so, <laughs> and it's interesting because I was trying to figure this out because with the exception of South Dakota and Utah, I think I know why Utah, um, those are the only two states that are keeping up with the need to repopulate the U.S. population. And I was thinking of exactly what she said, is not in this church, right? Not in God's family, right? Because the Holy Spirit restores us to the place that we should be. And so we are in the house of the Lord, 
And what we need to know is that when we come to Jesus, that we not only receive salvation, but we receive the gift of a family. Because God is a father and God has a family. And thank God his family uh, is perfect in the spiritual realm. You know, we say, well, the church isn't perfect. That's because you're in it, right? But God is perfect, right? God is perfect. And let me say this. Don't come against churches. Don't come against pastors. They're people. If they fail, pray for them. Don't jump on the kick of the devil. Don't stop putting posts out. Hey, look what happened to this person. Cover. Because he was without sin cast the first stone. Cover. I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't cover um, sin, but we cover people. Amen? So be careful that we don't jump on the side of the devil. Because, you know, especially when it comes to the church, don't come against God's anointed. Don't come against pastors and leaders. Because, let me tell you, first of all, until you walk in their shoes, you don't know the attacks that they're under. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. Amen? Support them. Love them. But in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said this, I will build my church. See, he, the Lord himself says, I will build the family of God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the good news. If you are here today, you are God's victory. You are Jesus' victory. You are the devil's defeat. The devil will do everything he can to separate people from the family of God, from the church. He will lie to them. He'll give them a wrong impression of what church really is. He will cause them to be offended with the church. And he'll do everything he can because guess who's building it? Jesus is building his church. The devil hates everything that Jesus is doing. But Jesus is building his church. God has given us a family. And God's family, the church, is the highest priority of Jesus Christ. His highest priority is what's happening here. That's Jesus' highest priority. More important than even your natural family. Even your natural family is not as important as the spiritual family that God is building. Let me show you this in Mark 3.31. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. You're talking about Mary, the Virgin Mary. His mother and brothers arrived, and stand, they're standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. So just picture this. Mary's outside. Jesus has siblings. And they send someone to call him. Now, I would think if Mary is calling, I better answer. Okay? I better answer. But what's Jesus' response? Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who? Jesus' response, who are my mother and my brothers? Now, to me, I say, Jesus, that's disrespectful. Hail Mary, mother of God. Pray for our sinners, you know. 
That's disrespectful. But he asked that question. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. He looked at us. Just picture this. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother and sister and brother. You are sitting next to your, the Lord's brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. We belong to the Lord. The church is Jesus' highest priority. And what I want to talk about today is six ways for you to love your church family more in 2019. Let's talk about loving what God loves, what Jesus loves. How do we love our church? Say this with me, my church. Say it again. It's your church. If God has brought you here, this is your church. Sometimes people say, Pastor Ron, you know, um, I love your church. I said, why are you calling it my church? You've been here 100 years. It's your church. God's going to say to you, what would you do with your church while you're down there? He's not going to just say that to me. It's, it's your church. It's my church. Everyone needs to be able to say, I love my church. I love my church. And that's why it's the Holy Spirit, you know. You know, you can... You can they say you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit leads you to your family. You have to find where your family is at. God will confirm it in your spirit. You'll know it's your church when you're confirmed in your spirit. You need to be able to be part of a family that you can unify with, that you can believe with, that you can agree with. You're able to say, this is my church. I love my church. Amen? So six ways to love your church family more in 2019. Number one, understand that you are born again into a church family. You are born again into a church family. You are not born again into an institution. You are not born again into a Sunday meeting. You are not born again into a building where people come and sing. You are born into a church family. Jesus said, you must be born again to experience the kingdom of God, to experience his family, what he's doing upon the earth. We are born into a church family. And where there's family, there has to be the highest form of love, God's love. And we are part of an awesome, awesome church family in this church where there's a lot of love. You know, and, and that's why if you're new here, um, when new people come in, uh, we tend to gloat over new people, right? We get excited when someone new comes to the church. Um, if you're new here, you know, we apologize if, you, you know, we start coming up to you, kissing you on the cheek, hugging you, you know, uh, you know paying attention to you. It's because the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. There's an excitement. Like when you have a new baby born, everyone's excited, right? Everyone wants to touch their face, touch their mouth, you know, take pictures. There's an excitement. God's excited when he sees 
his son and daughter coming back to him. The family is excited when we see new people. We're excited to be able to tell people, hey, there's a family for you. I want to welcome you to the family. I'm jumping ahead of myself. But no, the church is a spiritual home. Love your home. Love your church family. You know, I was looking at some pictures of Facebook pictures of, of a lot of moms getting together. With, you know, they all have babies at the same time. We have so many babies in this church. And, and you see this whole line of babies. And, and my heart just leapt. And I and just said, thank you, Jesus. These kids are being growing up together in your house. Thank you, Lord, that they're going to have faith-filled friends. Thank you, Lord, that their parents are praying for them. They're praying with each other. They have a support system. How beautiful is the family of God? How beautiful is the family of God? And let me say this to, to parents, that your kids will have a family. It will either be the world or the church. You have to decide which family you want your kids to be part of. Because they will have a family. It will either be the world or the church. And that's why I always tell parents, hey, listen, make sure your kids are involved. Make sure they're in youth group. Well, how about if they don't want to come? If they don't want to go? Well, how about if they don't want to go to school? What do you do? Who's the parent? There's some things that are absolutes. You know, even my kids, I remember they went through a time I don't want to go that. I don't want to go this. You don't have a choice. Jump in the car. Let's go. You know? When I see an accomplished pianist like Grace, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that at some point, you know, she probably said, I don't want to practice. I don't want to do this. I don't that. But someone made her do it. And your kids later on in life say, Hey, thank you. Thank you for being a parent. And there's nothing more important that we can do than raise our kids in the house of the Lord and establish that in them. Amen? And even if they decide to walk away, God has given us a promise that they will return because you have instilled the Lord into their spirit. Amen? Because everyone has to get saved, even your kids. They have to come to a place of making their own decision, you know. So, anyway, let's go on. <laughs> Hebrews 2.10. God is the one who made all things, and all things for his glory. He wanted to have many kids share his glory. He's got lots of mansions up in heaven. Heaven is beautiful. Heaven is perfect. He wants a lot of kids up there. Aren't you happy you're going to be up there? Come on. Amen? Romans 8.19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation waits for who's going to walk into the church. Just think how powerful God's family is, the church is. Number two, be committed more to church family gatherings. Be committed to going to church on Sunday, to the Sabbath. You know, honor the Sabbath. Be committed to the fellowship of the saints. When I was growing up, dinner was sacred. Dinner was protected. Dinner was sacred. Now family is how we have dinner together at all. I think we need to revisit some of these principles 
And it starts with going to church. We need to be faithful to the house of the Lord. Be faithful to the Sabbath. Be faithful to the fellowship of the saints. You know, my, my wife's family, the last name is Smith, and every year they have the Smith family reunion. And I grew up Italian and so forth, and, and I said, what is that? What's a reunion? Like, I never heard of that. So, yeah, every year all the Smiths, they come from different places and they have a reunion. I said, once a year? We do that every Sunday. Every Sunday we have a, a major reunion. The meatballs are flying in the air, the sausage. Come on, the lasagna is coming out of the basement. We have a reunion. Every Sunday we have a reunion. Amen? We have God family reunion. But we also have fellowship. That's why these cruises are so important. You know, cruise are small groups that, that you know, we all, we'll have a list. We'll tell you where they're meeting. You know, some will be meeting at Starbucks. Some will be meeting at Brute Awakening. Some will be meeting in, in houses. And you just go with your family. And it's amazing how your life changes when you connect with God's family. It's amazing how the emptiness goes away. It's amazing how you start developing healthy relationships. It's amazing how you're encouraged in your faith, encouraged in your life. These are powerful things. In Hebrews 10, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, the return of the Lord. In Acts 2, this is a picture of the church, the New Testament church. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness in their hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number, the church, daily, those who were being saved. See, God adds to the church. God adds to the family. If you're here, you're being added to a family. If you're here, God is attaching you and giving you a family. And in the family is where your life finds purpose. In the family is where your, your very reason for existence comes to fruition. In the family, you find, wait a second, I'm needed in the family. I have a reason for being here. I have something to contribute in the family. Amen? Because let me tell you, my, my goal today is to break off that spirit of religion that's on this region that you just kind of go to this building. We don't go to a building. We are part of a family. Amen? The early church thrived because of fellowship. And this word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia, which means sharing in common life. As believers, we share not only on Sunday when we come together, we share in our lives. We come together with people of faith because you cannot live in this world without God's family because you will have a family. It'll be the world or God's family. And, and God's family is where you find true life. Number three, protect your church family more. In 2019, protect unity. I encourage you to pray for your church. Lord, you know, we pray the declaration prayer from time to time. And we pray, God, you know, bless my family, bless my church. Protect your church. Pray for the church. The church is under assault. I mean, you're seeing it in the world today. You know, uh, this pastor somewhere was fired 
by the church for speaking certain parts of the scripture. And we're getting, getting to a place where the church is going to be on the greater assault. And there's different things that we teach and preach from God's word where if we don't see revival, people, the church is going to come with persecution. Let's pray that doesn't happen. Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for revival in this country. Amen? Protect your church more. Jesus prayed for the church, and he prayed for you thousands of years ago. And let me say this. We are here. The church is in existence because of this prayer. Listen to this prayer. Jesus prayed. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. He was talking to his disciples about his disciples. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Amen? The greatest testimony is a church that's united, a church that's on fire for Jesus, a church filled with people that just don't attend, but actually are involved and become the church. It's the greatest testimony. You know, we thank God that we've been part of a church for 30 years. You know, we're in the covering of new life. And we look back and we say, wow, look what God has done. What a testimony. You know, when I meet with different people, accountants, lawyers, and people in, in, that we have to do business with, bankers and all that stuff, they are intrigued by the story of the church. They can't believe what God has done in Little Rhode Island from a group of 11 people in a storefront to churches, five churches in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. They can't believe it. They, every time, they always want to hear it. And if they introduce somebody else, hey, you got to hear their story. you got to hear their story. The church is a powerful testimony of God. The lie that says you don't need a church is a lie against Jesus himself. Because who's building the church? We already read that. Jesus says, I am building my church. So if you say, well, I don't need the church. I just need God. You are coming against the very thing that God is building. Think about that. You might have good intentions, but you're deceived. You can't say, I love God and hate his family. you got to deal with whatever that is, you know? If it's, you don't want to be accountable, you don't want to be subject to any type of authority, you don't want someone telling you how you should live and so forth, you know, which is all good things. Like the church brings good into our lives, it doesn't bring bad into our lives. But you've got to deal with that. Because it's coming against the very thing that Jesus is building. And I tell you, it, it amazes me how people can come to church and it appears as though they're living the Christian life, but they have the very basic thing wrong. Saying, well, I don't really need a church. I love God. I do my thing. You know, It's contrary to Scripture. And if everyone believed that way, the church would be removed from the earth and hell would break loose. Because the only thing that's keeping evil at bay is the church of Jesus Christ. It's you and me. That's what keeps evil at bay. Come on. Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. 
Ephesians 1 says, God has put all things on the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Number four, this year, decide to serve more. Serve more. Help set up the table. Help do some cooking in the family. (laughs) Help clean up. Help some neighbors. You know, get involved in some of the community projects that we do and, and serving the needy. You know, what gifts has God given you to use for his purpose? Parents, lead by example. You know, let your kids see you involved in the church. What are you doing tonight? Well, I have a ministry meeting. I have a team meeting. Let your kids see your faith alive, faith in action. The only, and the other thing, too, is God backs you. He anoints you because you're doing something for him. Amen? So get involved more. Get involved more. Uh, each of you, the Bible says in 1 Peter, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The reason why you're gifted You might be an engineer, you might be a media tech, you might be someone that's good with your hands, you might be great with a broom, you know. Whatever God has given you is a gift. God has given it to you to help his family, to help at home first, amen? Give it to God. That's why we have Grow Track. We say, hey, listen, God's brought you here, jump in. We're going to help you. Use your gift for God. Because at the end of your life, you're going to say, thank you that someone encouraged me to use my gift for God. Because I always say this, at the end of your life, no one will ever say, oh, man, I wish I did, I did a little bit less for the Lord. And you're going to think, what did I do for God? What did I do for God? What did I do for the church? Did I do enough? You know, you'll be repenting over and over and over and over again. And then God takes you to heaven. And by his grace, the gates will be open to you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Number five, invite more. This year, decide to invite more people. Invite more people into your family. Invite more people to meet your family. Invite people to cruise. Get involved in a crew. Sometimes people won't come to the church. Again, the devil is working overtime, keep them away. But they'll go to a coffee shop to hang out with some of your family members. You know, evangelism isn't hard. Evangelism is just an invitation. Amen? Psalms 105.1. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And last but not least, be a friend more in 2019. Be a friend more in 2019. Can we make some new friends this year? Can you open your life up? You know, look around the church, you know, before church, after church. Share your number with some people. Because we're family. Hey, I'd love to have a cup of coffee with you. Be a friend more this year. I love when Jesus said to his disciples, listen, I don't call you servants. I call you my friends. I call you my friends. Amen? Be a friend more. Let's all stand. Let's pray. Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.